Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm your host, David Smith, Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Uh, my uh, buddy, Monty Larrick, our media director, is off on another assignment this morning. And I am sitting here recording this interview with David Curtin, the IFI lobbyist who's doing battle with the forces of darkness in Springfield. So, David, thank you for being with me this morning, uh, giving me a quick update or giving the listeners a quick update about what's going on in, in the state capitol. Uh, we're here in the middle of February. Uh, a lot of bills have been introduced. A lot of shell bills have been yep. introduced. So give us a general overview of what you're seeing and what to expect and maybe define what a shell bill is as well. Uh, welcome to everybody. This is a time when the rubber hits the road in Springfield. Uh, there's about, oh, 2,000 bills so far, there'll end up being 4,000, but 2,000 bills, pieces of legislation so far. If you think of it as a poker hand, they're laying out their cards, about half of them, about 50% of the bills, we know what's in them. 50% of the bills, we don't know what's in them. That's called a shell bill. So they're introducing 1,000 shell bills. So some bad stuff could come later in April. That's when they uh, seek to adjourn. But we've already seen the bad stuff that they want us to see right now. And it's all about abortion. Uh, it's all about pursuing uh, parents' rights and trying to, uh, pl especially Planned Parenthood, they're linking abortion and uh, gender-affirming care. So they're linking those two issues and trying to uh, do some bad things here in Springfield. So that's the overview. The good news is uh, there's a lot of prayer here. And there's a lot of um, good legislation, too, but we just don't know if it's going to see the light of day. And so we depend on our listeners, our members to uh, make their voices heard, because when they're in Springfield, they've worked on this legislation for six months. They're just popping it on us. And uh, so we've got a couple of months to deal with it. So uh, just to be clear, this is the second session that Emmanuel Chris Welsh will be the Speaker of the House and under Michael Madigan, when he yeah. was Speaker of the House, uh, at least in the most recent few sessions, uh, good bills would never see the light of day. They would go to the Rules Committee and die there. So uh, we're not sure yet if uh, the new Speaker is going to be doing that same thing or if he's going to give us even a fair hearing. And, of course, you, you won't hear the media talk about how they shut the Republicans down. Give them a hearing. You won't hear them talk about that. No, they don't. And the media doesn't cover this very well or at all. And so it's all pretty much uh, the big stuff that happens even is um, sometimes inside baseball to us. But whether our bills get heard, the good bills get heard or not, uh, the speaker made a commitment last year to make sure every bill got a hearing, didn't follow through on that commitment. They're hoping that he'll follow through this time. So um, just to be clear about the shell bills too, David, and actually any bill could be a shell bill, right? Because all the sure. sponsor has to do is introduce an amendment that wipes out the old stuff and puts in the new stuff. The thousand bills that you're talking about is they set it up so that they can just amend it and wipe it out with a new uh, title, a new le a legislative language and proposal, right? Yeah, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, right now, uh, there's a House bill 
that uh, allows midwives to perform abortions and also goes after those birth centers that where the midwives perform uh, births and uh, reproductive services, uh, well, they're going to allow abortions at those birth centers. That's what they want to do in a bill that they've showed us. The other, Another bill they've introduced is just called uh, a bill concerning health care. All it does is uh, fix a typo in the, uh, and that's called a shell bill. And so that's an empty bill. And so in April, we expect them to put the constitutional amendment to ban an abortion on that bill and then run it just as a bill, uh, any other bill would be run. They would take an up or down vote on it. So they're showing half their cards now, half their cards uh, later. We do know we're in a pretty good position to know what's coming. And uh, euthanasia and the constitutional amendment for abortion, even though they haven't showed their hands, uh, are coming in, in March or April. So let's talk about that uh, House Bill 3. Mary Flowers, Democrat from Chicago, is to uh, uh, remove restrictions for midwives to do abortions. The abortion industry is expanding at such a fast rate here in Illinois because all of the neighbor states have restricted abortion or outlawed abortion. And so we're the destination point for the Midwest. And so new abortion right. mobile units are even being created. And so they need more workers, workers to kill babies. The, the progressives or the left or the woke, whatever you want to call them, um, say that they want safe, legal, and rare abortions. Well, I'm not so sure about the rare anymore. Why are they reducing the standard of care to midwives? Wouldn't you think if they want safety to be pri a priority, wouldn't they demand for a medically trained, medically licensed doctor to do this work? They're kind of lowering the bar. Isn't this kind of dangerous in risking the lives of uh of women? It's, it's interesting you say that, David. That's the exact question that was asked of uh, a sponsor of the legislation uh, in, during the veto session, just that very question. And you know what her response was? Her response was, we have such an inundation of girls and women coming over the border to get abortions that we're just trying to handle all of them. Well, you lower quality in order to handle all of them, but you don't do a service to you're still coming out with a, a very scarred woman and a very dead baby, and you're lowering the quality of care. A lot of these women end up in the hospital. That would be your um, unintended consequences of uh, doing what you want to do, and they're carrying out their mission. They know it's going to lead more um, poor health care, um, but they don't care about that. They care about their agenda to uh, make this an abortion industry in Illinois. They're even putting billboards in other pro-life states to tell them to come to Illinois. So it's 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 changed from, well, we just want to uh, care for the women who are facing this. Now it's a recruitment tool that they're trying to get people from Missouri, Indiana, those those states that have outlawed abortion and um, from thousands of miles away. So they're ramping up the abortion industry here in Illinois. You know, I, I was even told by a, a pro-life prayer warrior uh, who was going to go down to Carbondale to do some sidewalk counseling and prayer vigil. Uh, he said that um, they're putting women on the Amtrak in Memphis, Tennessee, rail, uh, rail carting them up here uh, so that they can have their abortions. It does expose the real agenda. They're interested in killing babies. And, and the women who are coming up, if it means hurting them, scarring them for life, physically or even emotionally, uh, well, that's just part of the uh, the casualty, the unintended casualty. But 
they don't seem to care, do they? No, they don't. And they use all sorts of nice language and they say there's all sorts of protections. But when it comes down to it, uh, there just aren't. If you look in the bills, in each of the bills that they propose for abortion, when they talk about protections, the fine print in the bill is always the doctor has no um, uh, liability on the doctor for a botched abortion or any possible li- liability for anything. Yeah. And uh, they go to spring lengths to spell that out of the bill and use no, they're doing that because they expect a lot of painful things to happen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things. Now, the media won't report it. The media will just say, well, they won't report it at all. They'll just be silent on that. It's definitely a pro-abortion, pro-industry. Now, here in Illinois, we're actually kind of in a special place, okay? And I would tell everybody, we are in a very special place here where Satan and his demons have converged in Illinois for the abortion industry. They're not in Missouri. They're not in Texas. They're in Illinois, California, New York, of course. But you can just feel the darkness around here as they're passing these things. You can just feel the demonic activity. And so that's why it takes, I I take more stock in prayer. I take more time to pray. I hope the listeners would take more time to pray because we're in the midst of it. And anything that you do for, for the pro-life cause will be that much magnified because you're here in Illinois. You know, that's such a great point, David. And let me just take time to, to, to have a little advertisement here. You know, Christians are normally pro-life, but many Christians are not active in the pro-life community. And as we see what's going on in the state of Illinois, we need more people involved. We need people who are Christians, who are pro-life, to, to come on and join us. And there's a multitude of ways to do that. But prayer is number one. We can all pray where we are. We can also join a 40 Days for Life campaign. The spring um, campaign for 40 Days for Life starts on February 22nd. Uh, And then there's a fall one where you stand out in front. You take one hour once a week out in front of one of these abortuaries and you pray. And your silent witness has an effect on the people who are passing by and those who are coming to the clinic. The opportunity or just your silent witness has. So God uses that. Secondly, I would encourage folks, please call the IFI office at 708-781-9328 or email us and ask for a copy of the Matter of Life documentary. We've been going all over the state showing this film. It's an hour and a half long. You will learn something new from watching this. And then you can have a small gathering and show it to your friends, your family, Maybe encourage your Sunday school group or your prayer group or your small group to show it as well so you can discuss what's going on. Anyway, this is an important opportunity. If you call the IFI office, 708-781-9328, we're asking for a $15 donation for this DVD, and it'll be shipped to you. It's so important that we get involved. Now, before we leave the issue of abortion, David, uh, Just tell us what you think about the constitutional amendment. Why do they want it? And will it come up this session? I think it will come up this session because they want to kind of put a a big stamp on the, it's it's kind of their uh, way of putting the big stamp of abortion on Illinois. It's all, it's kind of a PR tool for them. 
really, because there's no way that the, uh, any uh, legislature could uh, roll back any of these abortion laws in the near future. But what they're saying is, is that some of, some legislature down the road could roll back the the abortion laws. We're, we're not even anywhere near that. So they're using it as kind of a PR tool. The reason, uh, the second reason they're doing it is because it would appear on the 2024 ballot as a constitutional amendment for abortion. And that would attract all the progressives and left wing to the polls to vote. They, or, they would they would certainly energize them to do so. Now, we'll energize our people not to, but um, we know how. Um, would they coordinate that with maybe a Pritzker primary for president? <laughs> yes, they could. Yes, they could. He would be very much in support of that. Yeah. Well, and it might help him, too, right, with uh, with pushing the progressive vote out, too. Yeah, in order to win a Democratic primary, you have to be the left of left. So, All right. Well, listen, there's there's so many other bills uh, coming up. And if you want our Springfield update, our, our, please visit our website, IllinoisFamily.org. You will see that uh, we have a Springfield tracker. Uh, it'll also be in the newsletter that is going to be mailed out later this month. Uh, it'll give you a list of all the bills that we're concerned about and even some of the good ones. But <laughs> the, the, the ones that yeah. we're about it we've got to be active and let me just let me highlight two of them from LaShawn Ford state representative LaShawn Ford from Chicago the very first bill introduced in this session legalizes psychedelic mushrooms LSD and other hallucinogens what in the world are we doing David I was talking to a legislator yesterday and he says uh Illinois is going to be the you can come here for an abortion to kill yourself or if you don't do that, you could just use any drug you want. They're they're trying to open up drug legalization for uh, LSD for for all sorts of things. It's not it's not a very good quality of life issue. So those of us who have been saying for years that the um, the left wants to push a, a culture of death, but not only that, but distraction and disablement and dependency. Okay, we're talking about addictions um, and depression, all these things. Yeah, how, how can you not? see it so very clearly with the agenda that they're pushing. So LaShawn Ford, House Bill 989, allows an incarcerated prisoner to vote by mail and get election material delivered to them. So even though they're in prison, the, um, the progressives, the Democrat Party, let's just be blunt, wants to make sure their people gets to vote. That's the bottom line there. They're really appealing to the lowest common denominator here. They're trying to take our state really kind of down. Uh, the media will want to report this, but it's very obvious when you come here to the Capitol, the legislation sides with um, taking the state down a dark road. It does. There's no legislation by the Democrats to uh, increase uh, educational excellence. There's no legislation uh, on protecting women or protecting children. And it's just the all the opposite legislation. The, the legislation is they're going after the kids, they're going after harming women. We just have to stand up against this. God, Our God is a big God. We have to do our part. And so um, this, is the, this is where the battle is. This is where David and Goliath are. And so we just have to be here uh, doing battle and allow God to work through us. Yep. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, David, uh, the, could you imagine what this state would look like if there was absolutely no resistance to the to the Democrat uh, agenda? 
Um, we need to be the faith yeah. resistance and trust God yeah. and, and just trust God and pray. Pray that God would you know change hearts and minds about the issues like abortion, but also that they would open their eyes on what's going on in our government schools, what's going on in our culture, what's going on with our news media, what's going on with our bigger government and the tyranny that is being forced on us at the expense of our individual liberties, right? That's a great point. Um, you can Most of the legislators down here are cowering uh, about these things. The people that are pushing this are the progressives. Yes. And so when people speak up or pray at the abortion clinic or do something, there's a lot of nervous legislators down here that, that thought they could get legislation through without any opposition whatsoever, because that's what they want to do, do it all in secret. Right. So the more you can do, the more you will be noticed, and the more it'll help us uh, stop this uh, here in Springfield. Amen. Amen. Yes. So uh, that's good word. Stay active. Be involved. Watch what's going on. If you're not on the IFI email list, sign up for our email list because we'll send you alerts on some of these bills that are being uh, introduced and pending. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch with David Curtin and we'll keep doing these short reports for you so you know what's going on. So David, God bless your day in the Capitol as you uh, put on the armor and go into battle. Thank, Thank you. you. Christians must champion the sanctity of human life, but it's not easy in abortion destination Illinois. For fresh insights on winning the fight for life, join the Illinois Family Institute Saturday, March 18th at the Village Church of Barrington for IFI's Pro-Life Worldview Conference. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. Nationally acclaimed life leaders Scott Phelps, Dr. John Diggs, and Scott Klusendorf will offer biblical, common sense perspectives on how to make the protection of life normal again, even in Illinois. We want to bring it back to the question, what is the unborn? Is the unborn one of us? If so, the unborn should not be killed. If you believe that life is sacred and can and must be protected, then please attend the IFI Worldview Conference. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. With a woman to look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Ever since Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court last summer, lawmakers and media outlets have increasingly demonized pro-life voices and policies as racist and anti-woman. Recently, House Democrats introduced a bill to overturn the decades-old Hyde Amendment that prohibits the use of government funds for abortion. Sponsors of the bill claim the Hyde Amendment is discriminatory and racist, which disproportionately impacts black and brown communities. But they've got it exactly backwards. Abortion disproportionately impacts minority communities. Black women have the highest abortion rates compared to women of other ethnicities. 79% of Planned Parenthood surgical abortion facilities exist near minority neighborhoods. This, in fact, is completely consistent with the racist vision on which the pro-abortion movement in America was founded from the very beginning. Far from being oppressive and racist, the Hyde Amendment has successfully kept tax dollars out of the most oppressive, racist, and systemically evil practice that currently plagues our country. I'm John Stone Street. All right, welcome back to Illinois Family Spotlight. I am Dave Smith. I am the Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. And in this half of the podcast, I am joined by Jennifer Corti 
from Southern Illinois or Metro East St. Louis area uh, of the state of Illinois. And she is a former uh, candidate for state representative. She ran against uh, Katie Stewart. And um, unfortunately, Katie won that seat. But uh, it looks like Jennifer is staying involved in the community and making her presence known, which is always a good thing that citizens do that. Um, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your background real quick. Um, first of all, let me just tell our listeners, Illinois Family Action did uh, uh, endorse your candidacy over Katie Stewart, who is a, a progressive. So tell us a little bit about your background, your family, and what made you run um, in, in 2022? So my background is I am a social worker by trade. I've been retired about 18 years when my husband took a job where he was traveling and only home on the weekends. At that time, we decided it was best for our family if I stayed home to raise the children. So I worked at a major hospital around here, Barnes Jewish Hospital, as a social worker and loved every minute of it, but it ended up being a blessing that I was able to stay home with our children. I decided to run for office when our middle child was heavily impacted by the mandates and the masking. Um, It was the lack of social interaction, the the lack of facial um, emotion, and he started going downhill pretty rapidly with his anxiety and depression. Um, We did not get any help from our local pediatrician on that. And the schools were strong-armed into abiding by these mandates. And I decided that it was time to get some checks and balances in our government and to run for office. I've never had any sort of political background. And I just decided to step up to the plate and try to make some changes. That's the way our founders designed it. Uh, You weren't supposed to be a full-time lawmaker. (laughs) You weren't supposed to be a full-time politician. You're supposed to bring your experience in the real world to Springfield and and have an impact with the the other lawmakers there. And of course, we don't have a whole lot of social workers um, and we don't have a whole lot of moms (laughs) at the Capitol. But um, your experience with both of that is so vital. And um, maybe one day the Lord will bless us and have you in Springfield. But um, tell me, how are your kids doing today? Are they um, recovering from pandemic lockdown? They are. We actually saw a pretty dramatic difference in our middle child when they lifted the mask mandates. Immediately, you could almost see a sense of relief because he was able to go out with his friends. He was able able to laugh and they were able to see each other's smiles. And my youngest is a freshman this year and doesn't like to miss school. He gets upset when they have a school day. And I said, buddy, just imagine your brother who it, my middle kid is the outgoing one. He's the extra extrovert. I said, imagine, you know, when Josh was a freshman and he had to give up school because of the mask mandates and because of the, um, the social, social isolation, the lockdowns. And my youngest said, mom, I can't even imagine like for these teenagers, it's the social interaction is huge for them. And then with the younger generation, we're actually seeing a lot more issues with them academically, um, the basics of, of learning how to be kind to each other, that type of stuff. Well, I tell you, social media doesn't help. And, you know, the phones and all that certainly doesn't help. Uh, that may be another dynamic, obviously, than the, the social um, isolation that we had during the, the lockdown. And so uh, we definitely see that it hurt our kids more than it helped our kids. And um, hopefully we'll never go through that again. Yet, I have to throw a little politics into this. 
Governor Pritzker continues to issue emergency mandates. Uh, and the only reason he does that is so we can get federal dollars from yeah. Washington, D.C., which is um, pretty bad. But what do you think about our lawmakers who don't even hold him accountable? There's, you said you wanted to go to Springfield for checks and balances. There is no check on Governor Pritzker, is there? There are no checks and balances with any of them. So when they pat themselves on the back and said, we passed this legislation that was so great. I mean, really, can you pat yourself on the back when you have everybody in the room who is able to vote for whatever crazy bill you want? I mean, you have no opposition there and they all fall in line. It's the craziest, scariest thing. They all, all the Democrats fall in line and do whatever their Democratic leaders want them to do. We have no checks and balances in IDPH, no checks and balances in the Illinois State Board of Education. They're all yes people to Governor Pritzker, as well as my uh, current representative, Katie Stewart. She was picked for that particular job. A former teacher picked for this job because they knew she would be the yes person. And she's definitely done that. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's talk about Katie Stewart. She's got a bill out there that uh, she introduced will um, require all gender multiple multiple occupancy bathrooms. You have any thoughts about that, uh, Jennifer? I do. Now, I personally have never been victimized, but recently, interestingly enough, before I knew this bill was even a possibility, we were in Colorado. And I was in a bathroom and I didn't realize it was multi-gender. I just went in. And then when I came out and was at the sink and saw a man there, my stomach dropped and it was awkward for him. It was awkward for me. And I actually couldn't enjoy finishing my meal because it was just so unnerving. And I feel like at the most basic level, we should always protect women and children, little girls who we would love to send into the bathroom alone. And it just brings a whole new element. And it's just shocking to me that our legislators, that Katie Stewart can't see that there's a huge safety issue here. But this is also very, very triggering for women who have been victimized to be able to look down and see the shoes of a man in the next stall over. And we know of reports where women have been videotaped in bathrooms. So this is uh, basic security and privacy 101. You do not have men and women share bathrooms. No, we actually have cases where there have been women assaulted in bathrooms. Yes. And so even by transgender oh. and other perverts who are coming into the bathroom doing and targeting young women. And that's uh, a shame. As the father of two daughters, I can't imagine. I would never, ever let them go into a bathroom alone. Uh, and, and they know that. So uh, they need to go in as twos and or threes or fours <laughs> to go into the bathroom anywhere they go nowadays. Well, and just to be clear, like it's really easy for the Democrats to say that we're transphobic, we're racist. That is, that has nothing to do with any of this. It's just basics. You do not want a man who might possibly be able to use a urinal. And we even know that with the stalls that they have, there's always a little bit of a gap there. We don't want any man to be able to look in and see a little girl going to the bathroom or a little girl seeing a man go to the bathroom. It's just basics. Well, and, and I don't know how many women like to hear uh, a man do their bodily functions on a toilet either. I mean, really, seriously, um, <laughs> that's just pretty disgusting and a reason enough to lose your appetite. I'll tell you that. Now, Katie Stewart, she's from the Collinsville area. Uh, she recently had a town hall and you attended that town hall. 
what's your thoughts, um, number one, about those who came to the town hall, number two, about the opposing views? Do we need more people who oppose uh, her agenda coming to their town halls? Well, Katie Stewart is originally from New Jersey. She lives in Edwardsville now, and she's having uh, coffees, town hall coffees, and she's holding them at pretty liberal coffee houses, which is fine. But I would love to see her have some coffees at possibly Crudas Bakery in Collinsville. Um, so she's having coffees and Zoom calls, and we need every single person out there. I don't care if your representative is Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever. Everybody needs to attend these town halls. They need to sign up for their their representatives' emails, for their the, the Facebook posts. They need to sign up for all of that. It is time for us to hold all politicians accountable, watch what they're doing, ask questions. We have hired these these guys. Our taxpayers are paying them a very, very hefty salary, which Katie Stewart actually voted for, um, even though she said she wasn't going to do that. Um, we're paying their salaries. So we need to keep all of them accountable. Absolutely. Could you imagine if there was no resistance, uh, no opposition, how crazy Katie Stewart and other progressives would be in legislative uh, legislating craziness? Well, we're already seeing that. But I mean, really, really, we are because they have no checks and balances. They don't have to talk across the table. Um, I mean, we saw with the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act last week, last year, I think it was last year, I think there were like 50,000 witness slips. So they tell us, file witness slips so we can know what your opinion is. Well, we did. And guess what? They ignored us. They did. They did. Yeah, things need to change. That's for sure. Um, you're you're also involved in school issues. What would you like to see changed in uh, regarding school issues going forward? Uh, especially seeing that they're teaching all this social engineering nonsense, uh, wokeism, as you might say, um, and and they're failing on math and reading and English. I mean, uh, and, and science. We've got we've got our priorities upside down. I would like to get back to the basics. I would love for our teachers to have more control in their classrooms um, instead of Illinois State Board of Education telling them what they have to teach. I'm tired of Governor Pritzker and the Illinois State Board of um, Education and our legislators mandating certain things um, or wanting to mandate certain things like the radical sex education bill that they uh, that they have that 70% of the schools rejected. So I would like to see us maintain the local control. Chicago is very different from Edwardsville, Collinsville, and we need the administrators who are sitting in their offices to stop. Just stop with whatever you're doing and let's let the local administrators, the local teachers, and the local parents come in in collaboration and fix the problems that our Illinois State Board of Education and our legislators have frankly done, what they've done to our schools. And then maybe our schools will start making the grade. But it's time to come back to the basics, teach math, science, and English, come back to the basics and stop all these stupid mandates and some of the stuff they have these teachers, it's not even attainable and they're stressed out and we need to support the teachers. Well, Mary Flowers from Chicago, a state representative who's been there for almost 30 years now, is uh, proposing a bill that will give a list of mandated books about racism to be read in our schools. So promoting CRT um, and mandating it in, in, in uh, statewide. So Chicago values for the whole state. But I digress. That, that kind of, let me give you a segue into 
So in April, we have school board elections, among other elections, municipal elections. We need good people to step up for these offices as well uh, in the future. So uh, it's too late to file now. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I, I, I just want to wrap this up because last night as we record this, uh, the uh, President Biden had his State of the Union address. And I'd love to get your uh, your, your opinion or your feedback or your reaction, what the, the president had to say last night. Well, my instant reaction is that he's not living the reality of what common people are living. I mean, we can see that it's so expensive just to pay for the basics of eggs. Um, yeah, the, gro- the the gas might be cheaper, but that's not really saying much considering it's still more expensive than what it was in you know, pre-pandemic um, uh, era. And then when he makes certain statements that you can't go to McDonald's work from McDonald's because of a non-compete clause and go to work at Burger King. I just think that kind of stuff is ridiculous. And at what point will people open their eyes and see that he's living in some sort of delusional world? It's crazy. Did you you enjoy the fact that the Republicans kind of spoke back to him when he talked about the, the problem of fentanyl coming across the border Oh, my gosh. Every parent was yelling through their TV, close the border, and then maybe we won't have all the drugs coming through. It's ridiculous. Well, I loved what um, Governor Sanders had to say in her response. Maybe she's laying the groundwork for maybe an impeachment of, of President Biden, who has failed in his oath to protect the government and the Constitution of the United States. I'm sorry, you can't have open borders, as we do, and say you're doing your job as president. Um, and anyway, I'm hoping they do keep them accountable. I also think it's ridiculous when you have a president who's constantly calling probably half of the population extremists or mega Republicans, radicals. How is that unifying us? And, and is that reality? No, it is not reality. The reality is, honestly, we all just want to be left alone. We want to raise our children. We want them to go to school, learn the basics, and but- we want to be left alone. Democrats know best. I mean, their logic is undeniable. They know what's best for us. Will you just let us have control of everything? See, and I'm of the uh, the social work uh, point of view of empowering. Let's empower people to be able to get a job, get the education, all about empowerment. Let's not take care of them. Let's empower them to take care of themselves. Great. Amen. Very good. Thank you. I'm not sure if uh, President Biden is going to run again in 2024, but it seems like J.P. Pritzker is definitely angling for a shot at it. What do you think about him running for for president? I think it'll be amusing. We'll be able to sit there and watch him. Uh, Somebody brought this up on Twitter that we'll be able to watch him in the debates, and I would love to see that. But I'm not really sure how he could run for governor when he says that people want to live in Illinois, which we know that is not true. We know businesses are leaving. We know that schools are failing. So on every level, he is failing. I'm not sure in what world he thinks it would be a good idea for him to run. I mean, he, you know, these politicians talk about taxes, but don't forget the guy took toilets out of one of his buildings. So he went have to pay taxes on that. He condemns states like Florida, and yet during the pandemic, he sent his wife and child down there. He condemns climate change and yet takes his private jet uh, across country several times to Scotland and and wherever. So he's one of those people that wants to um, be more of a dictator, and he wants us little peasants just to sit there and like nice citizens not say a word. 
Yeah, rules for thee, but not for me, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it, his um, his agenda may play well here, especially in the Cook County, Chicago area. It's not going to play throughout the United States. He, he may do well in places like New York and California. Um, even with his gobs of money, um, I doubt if he'll go very far. But we'll see. I agree. Stay tuned. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. And God bless you in your future. If you, you want to say one more thing? I have a, a, a plug for you, just a little one. There's uh, going to be a Christian story hour at the Collinsville Library on Saturday, March 4th at 2 p.m. Uh, Christian author, they're going to be featuring books from Christian author Max Licato, uh, sing-alongs, and a craft. Fantastic. you have a flyer on that? I am actually making one up. It's wow. not something that I am um, I'm in charge of, but I'm helping a friend put that push that through. Instead of these drag queen story hours, it's wonderful to have these Christian or pastor story hours. That's fantastic. Thank you for doing that, Jennifer. And send that to me. We'll put it in the notes of the, of the podcast, and I'll uh, send it out to our email list as well. Sounds good. Well, thank you for joining us, Jennifer. We'll look forward to see what you do in the future here. Thank you for having me. All right. God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.